wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church and your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It is a fantastic privilege to be able to share with you on this week before Christmas. What a fantastic opportunity. Uh, This week, we look at the importance of placing Christ in the Christmas season. Yesterday, we looked at some of the most amazing promises that pointed to the coming of the Messiah. Today, we want to look at why the birth of Christ was just so significant to humanity. Today, our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, welcome to you, Eric, once again. Yeah, it's good to see you again, Gary. And uh, I'll tell you what, Christmas, I can't believe it's so close. It just seems like yesterday it was March or April. But every year it just catches up on us, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And the countdown is really on. I mean, what is it, four sleeps until Christmas now? Yeah, and I haven't even done any Christmas shopping yet, so I'll have to get on to it. You mean that <laughs> you you have been delegated in your house to do the Christmas shopping? Oh, I love doing it. I love going out there. My wife and I go out and potter around and pick this. We take so long to pick something, and, and yeah, it's good. I've got nine grannies, so we just buy for the for the children now, and uh, we give each other a little gift, and that's really great, you know. We've grown to so many, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, how does the whole family actually celebrate Christmas? Well, we, uh, we get together at... Uh, different uh, of our, our children's houses, uh, we take it in turn. Uh, last time we were out at uh, Victor Harbour with Suzanne and Channel, but this year we'll be in, um, yeah, Salisbury, Parafield Gardens with uh, Shannon and uh, Sally, and I've got two little ones now, so that we're looking forward to that, and we all gather on Sabbath, on sorry, on uh, Christmas morning, and we uh, share and uh, putting all the food together and things, and then we have our present opening and the children wait patiently till the till we're ready and then we open all the presents and and see the delight on their faces so it's a family time and we really enjoy it yeah yeah can you remember the uh, when you were a kid getting to the presents on uh, on christmas morning Oh yeah, yep. I uh, I remember uh, one occasion, one Christmas Eve, I slept in the lounge where the Christmas tree was, and uh, there was a nice sofa there. Pretended I was asleep, and stayed awake as 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 I could till about eleven o'clock at night, when my father sneaked in. Uh, he saw I was sleeping on the couch, and he very carefully lifted this bright red, lovely bicycle in bike, and he put it down by the tree, and then he looked at me. And he pulled the blanket up round my cheek, and um, of course I was fast asleep, pretending to be fast asleep. And then he he sneaked out again, and when he was gone, I waited for about half an hour to his back in bed and asleep. And then I got up and looked at that bike. I actually rode it round uh, inside <laughs> the lounge room, put it back, and then of course in the morning they all get up real early and presents were all like, oh man, I got a bike, how wonderful, you know, and <laughs> put on that surprise. But bikes back then were precious. Uh, you know, that's the thing we rode to school on, and uh, we, I, I wasn't 
in a rich family, yeah. um, and um, you know they put uh, money into that for me. But I really they were treasured, you know, and I really and that's the things I can remember, you know, yeah. what my parents went for me. To, yeah, to get yeah, to. I, I will remember one Christmas myself. I mean, uh, we myself and my brother were a little bit of horrors because uh, <laughs> uh, we sort of had a suspicion of uh, uh, you know what was actually going on, and what was happening, and uh, uh, I can well remember, you know, mum and mum and dad had. Uh uh, you know, they had gone to bed and about two o'clock in the morning, you know, we're, we're getting up and, uh, uh, so, somehow, you know, mum actually didn't, didn't mind us getting up at some st- silly hour, uh, mm-hmm. to, to actually open, uh, open presents because there was only our, our family at the, uh, at the time that would be, would be involved. And I can well remember one Christmas getting my very first pocket knife. You know, in those days, you could actually put a pocket knife, uh, in your pocket. You could could carry it around and nobody would be offended but of course these days you don't carry knives with you uh, with you at was all was it one of those old swiss knives that had all different attachments in it no no this was no. actually a nice simple one this oh, uh, right. uh, we we also didn't have a have a lot of money and uh, this was a really simple one but for for me uh, this was the one thing that i really uh, was desperate to get you know a pocket knife it had about a a 2 inch blade uh, on it uh, and for i can well remember for years Years, uh, wandering around with that pocket knife in my uh, in my um, in my pocket. In fact, it was only in uh, comparatively, uh, you know, some years later that uh, I I finally uh, dispense with that particular knife, and that was replaced by another knife. But of course, now I've discovered it. It's you know, it's it's not wise any longer uh, to uh, to carry uh, carry knives uh, with you. Uh, but yeah, no, it is fantastic, you know, to be able to be in a season where uh, people uh, do at least for a short period, uh, start to think of other people. I think that Christmas has changed a little bit since uh, the early days for me because it it seemed to be that the whole neighbourhood would come out and, you know, it doesn't seem to be that way now. It seems to be that we're quite distant in neighbourhood contacts and things. And it, yeah. it, it was more of a community back then, I think. Yeah. And the spirit yeah. was more alive then. I don't know. It just seems to be a wee bit different now. Yeah. Look, look. one of the things I know that I really, in fact, it's a bit of a tradition in our family, is uh, at least one or two nights before Christmas, we'll uh, we'll go out and uh, look at all the Chrissy lights. Mm. Uh, and, and one of the things I, I really appreciate, you know, if you get out of your car, uh, you you can actually talk to yeah. people and people are out the front of their house and they're actually happy to be able to chat to you. And to me, that's a really beautiful part of this time of the year. And those light displays are fantastic. I remember in Anglevale in one street that we go to and it's got uh, the nativity scene out the front. It has this light music playing. It's got Jesus as the saviour of the world above it. And there was house after house. And you're right, the neighbours are there at that point of time. And, yeah. and it's lovely talking to them and just a nice warm night. Yeah. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Christmas yeah. in Oz is certainly a lovely time of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Love Christmas in Oz. Uh, it. it really is good. Uh, look, but, but we do come to our Worldwide segment, and today we're actually talking about uh, one article that I did find. You know, when was Jesus 
really born. And to me, this was a, a really significant article because it did answer some questions that I know a lot of people do actually have. Uh, and uh, this is what the article said. The Christmas story has become synonymous with the date December 25, whether you're listening to carols or looking at a nativity scene imagery. Uh, the idea that Christmas is his birthday is actually everywhere. Uh, but what has become a popular belief isn't exactly true to history. The Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke are the only two accounts of Jesus' birth in the New Testament, and both Gospels show different angles on exactly the same story. Luke begins at Nazareth, and and Matthew focuses solely on the events in Bethlehem. Both aren't particularly detailed in their terms of the calendar date, which makes determining Jesus' birthday actually quite tough. Uh, The writers of the Gospels rarely tell you uh, when things happened and at what time of the year uh, they happened. Uh, While December 25 has been popularised as the date for Christmas, it wasn't because Jesus was born on that date. Uh, If you take a close look at Scripture, it indicates that this is a totally unlikely uh, date uh, for this to occur. Uh, why, Why is that? Well, we know that there were shepherds who were in the fields watching their flocks at the time of Jesus' birth. A scripture tells us that uh, there were scriptures living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. But shepherds uh, would not have been in the fields during December. Uh, Luke's account suggests that Jesus may have been born in uh, summer or early autumn. In December, Judea is cold and rainy. It's so it's unlikely that shepherds would ever have um, stayed in the fields. They would more likely have short, sought shelter for their flocks at night. The weather would not have permitted shepherds watching over their flocks in their field at night. Uh, also, uh, winter would have been a terrible time for Mary to travel. Uh, Mary was travelling the long distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem, uh, which was about 70 miles. Uh, winter would have been an especially difficult time for a nine-month pregnant Mary to travel a such a long distance. The main focus, the article concludes, of the New Testament writers is not the date of Jesus' birth, but the fact that God the Father sent his Son at just the right time in all of history to accomplish his saving purposes and thus fulfill his promise. The Apostle Paul proclaimed, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a a, a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of, of sons. Now, uh, Eric, to me, this is, this is really significant because, you know, we know December 25 is, you know, celebrated as Jesus' birthday. And yet the evidence, certainly from the scriptures, is that we, uh, that, uh, is that, uh, that's not the date that it actually occurred on. Now, just tell us, you know, why, I mean, why do we bother? Well, it, it it brings to the world at one point of time within the year cycle uh, the facts about Jesus' birth. The thing is that he did come to the world, that the secular world can actually see and hear hymns that are played. In the, and, you know, some of those Christian hymns at Christmas time, the first Noel and others are absolutely beautiful. I, I remember them at school, yeah. and it kind of stays with you. And I'm sure a yeah. lot of people uh, who are, are quite secular in the world still remember those hymns. It was yeah. a great time. Yeah. And it gives us the opportunity to talk about Christ. It brings 
brings families together uh, at a time when they need to come together. I mean, we do have the secular stuff happening and, and the buying and, and everything around it, but the central thing is is that it does give the opportunity to proclaim that Jesus was born, that the way he was born, the story of it, gives us the opportunity to, to put that out to people and to share it. I think it's an, an excellent opportunity. to. Yeah. Uh, I know with the Aboriginal people, we, we talk about this at Christmas time and they understand, you know, the birth of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate what you've actually said there, Eric, because I, I know that certainly, and the reason I've actually raised this subject is because some Faith FM listeners have actually uh, mentioned to me and and said, look, you know, I mean, don't you realise that uh, the, the date, December 25, actually has some pagan origins? And uh, to me, um, I certainly acknowledge that uh, that is, in fact, that if you go back in history, mm. there are actually pagan origins to that particular date. But mm. uh, to me, the thing that I'm so conscious of is that the New Testament doesn't actually... Um, command an observance of you know Jesus birthday mm. neither does it forbid it mm. and to me I think that is actually really important because I know in the community that I live uh, the thing that I really appreciate is an opportunity when I can share about my friend Jesus with somebody else uh, you know it's it's not an uncommon thing uh, for me to be able to say hey look you know uh, it's you know let's remember the spiritual significance of this particular celebration. And, you know, I'm surprised at the number of people I've spoken to who, you know, they may never, ever go on the inside of a church. Mm. But at Christmas and Easter, Mm. they're the two times of the year when uh, they will actually uh, go to go to a church because that's the the right thing to to do and and I can name people that that's actually true for and you know I really appreciate that because it actually gives me an opportunity to be able to share on a spiritual level uh, with uh, with others uh, and to me that's a that's a wonderful thing but look just just tell me are there any other practices uh, that maybe Christians engage in that are not supported biblically. Yes, there's a few. I I, uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, one of the things that uh, happened in my early childhood was that I was uh, sprinkled uh, in a baptismal ceremony. Uh, in New Zealand in a church uh, where I was being baptised at quite a young age. I was just a little baby. Yeah. Can't remember it. I was told about it and I've seen photos of it. Yeah. And uh, that's not biblical at all because when you look um, at when it talks about baptism and it's a total immersion, but also that it's a decision to follow Jesus. And yeah. um, if you look at Jesus' life and the way it's set out in scriptures, and that's a pattern to follow, is what happened in Jesus' life. He was dedicated when he was a little boy in the temple. Mm. And then later on, he was baptized at the age of 30 or 32, around there. And so um, it shows us that it's a point of decision. Baptism is when you give your heart to Christ. You know, you're born again. Yeah. A, yeah. a baby can't do that, but yet we have a lot of um, that those practices are still happening today. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is really important. When the scriptures actually declare that uh, this is something that should or should not be done, mm. that we follow exactly what the scriptures uh, are actually saying. Now, uh, you know, I, I know myself, uh, uh, I was, I was also, um, sprinkled as a, uh, as a child. Mm. Uh, and yet when, uh, when I became to the, to an age of accountability, I actually chose for myself uh, to be baptized by immersion. You know, a lot of people Eric, don't actually realize that the word uh, baptism uh, actually comes from the Greek word baptizdo, uh, which means 
to immerse. When yes. I'm washing my washing my uh, uh, dinner plates, I'm actually immersing them. I'm actually baptizing them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the word actually means. And you know, to me, uh, it one of the pleasures of my ministry uh, is to be able to baptize uh, people who give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Uh, do you know that is a biblical practice? And uh, to me, I'm so conscious of the need to follow the scriptures uh, on this particular issue, you know, this issue of Christmas, I'm conscious that the scriptures are actually silent about any celebration at all. And uh, uh, to me, uh, that's the uh, that's the challenge that uh, uh, that certainly uh, does does come up. And as a result, we have Christians with different views on uh, uh, on celebrate or not celebrate. And how do you do you also celebrate you know i'm also conscious that you know in the new testament uh, the issue of celibacy mm. uh, you know in the new testament uh, the early uh, church fathers were not celibate mm. uh, there was uh, certainly a peter had a mother-in-law. We know that from from Matthew um, chapter eight verse four. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Jesus actually healed Peter's mother-in-law. If he had a mother-in-law, he must have actually had a wife. Mm. And uh, a lot of people actually don't realise that uh, uh, that incredible reality. Um, but to me, this is a wonderful time of the year because yeah. uh, to me, it gives me opportunity to share on a spiritual level uh, with people that often I can't share with, to be able to talk about my friend Jesus. And, you know, to me, that's the thing that I want to constantly uh, be coming back to. I want to be able to find opportunities to share with others about my friend Jesus. And I think it's a good opportunity where it's the frame of mind where they're looking forward to holidays, they're looking forward to being with family, looking forward to relaxing. It is a good time to share what the season's all about because with all the hustle and bustle and the lining up at the supermarkets and at the stores and everything, you know, people just want a quiet time and and to sit and talk with them about some of these things. I know the Aboriginal people really appreciate um, listening to the story of Jesus time and time again. And this focuses... On the one of the most important, well, two important events that ever happened in Earth's history: the yeah. birth of Jesus and his crucifixion. Yeah. So here we have this taking place now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, Eric, the thing that I I suppose that I I really uh, really appreciate is the fact that uh, this this time of the year. Well, it's a time, isn't it, when we can focus on. Away from all the problems and the, you know, with uh, COVID and everything else, it's just to lock in on something positive and something that brings us all together in such a loving, kind way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate that, Eric. Look, folks, let's come to some music. This is uh, Keith and uh, Kirsten uh, Getty, and uh, Joy Has Dawned and Angels We Have Heard on High. Please enjoy.
Trust the Bible? How could a loving God create a devil? How can a man called Jesus save me? And from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And folks, that's a really great uh, little magazine. Can I just encourage you to please go to uh, to that uh, to that website uh, now? Today we're not using our uh, our usual robot because uh, uh, we don't have other people on the on the end to actually man it at this uh, at this particular time of the year. Uh, but look, if you go to our website, uh, you can request that uh, that very special offer. Uh, and please be aware, it, it may take a week or two to to come through to you because people are on uh, are on holiday. 
holiday. So uh, uh, that's a fantastic little offer. It's available from our uh, from our website. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. This week we look at the importance of placing Christ in the Christmas season. Yesterday we looked at some of the amazing promises that pointed to the coming of the Messiah. Today, we look, want to look at, at why the birth of Christ was just so significant to all humanity. Do you know, Eric, I, I'm just so conscious that increasingly Christians, uh, Christians and particularly Christmas, the Christmas season, is becoming more and more secular uh, with every uh, passing year. Uh, do you know, Eric, uh, when I was uh, growing up as a, as a young person, uh, I, I certainly remember Christmas being a, a far more spiritual event uh, than what is certainly the case today. You know, I, I don't know how you found it, but I can well remember back when uh, uh, growing up over in the uh, western suburbs of Sydney, I can remember the, the Salvation Army. Uh, used to actually, in those days, they, most um, congregations had, uh, had a band, uh, and every Christmas you could be guaranteed that they would come marching up and down the, uh, the streets and uh, I can well remember my dad, you know, oh, the salvos are coming, the salvos are coming, and sometimes they were on the back of a truck, sometimes uh, they were uh, actually marching. Uh, they were all just uh, just uh, playing uh, Christmas carols. And uh, um, our, our friends, uh, our neighbour, the neighbourhood kids would come out on the street and uh, as they march past, and, okay, it might only take uh, uh, 10 minutes for them because they would mar- they would play in one place and then go uh, 100 metres down the road and play again and then 100 metres and, and play again. But the neighbours, would, everyone would come out and you had this real community uh, celebration. Uh, there weren't many lights in those days. Um, but, you know, the thing that I, I really appreciated uh, was uh, certainly the emphasis that was given uh, to spiritual things, uh, certainly by the band just marching up and down the street. Did you suffer? Did you deal with anything fairly similar? Yeah, yeah. I remember the salvos coming. I remember um, going to the uh, the square uh, it, uh, in New Zealand in Christchurch, the Christchurch Square, which actually was hit by the earthquake outside the great cathedral there, which is actually a cardboard cathedral now. When it uh, fell with the earthquake, they built it out of cardboard. But I remember the band being there and the big brass instruments those trumpets and the yeah. sound you know were yeah. fantastic and then I remember them coming down the street and you'd be in your house and you'd hear them start playing and you'd go out and all the neighbours would come out and they'd watch them for a while and they'd play very loudly and then they'd drive slowly down the street still playing stop further down it was a wonderful time I really enjoyed that we don't mm. we don't hear it now mm. you know people here wouldn't know what you're talking about when yeah, you're talking about these yeah, things yeah yeah no exactly exactly uh, but look uh, Eric uh, I am so conscious that this has been been occurring, uh, and you know we've even had you know the carols uh, becoming you know somewhat well a lot more secular certainly in more uh, more recent recent times. But look, let's just come back to the the purpose behind the Christmas season, and that is this issue of 
Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, we know that this is not a season that's been presented in the Bible. It's not commanded in the Bible. It has come down through uh, tradition. And, and I'm suggesting today to be able to spend time uh, talking about Jesus Christ at this time of the year is actually so important. But look, today we want to look at, you know, why is the birth of Jesus Christ just so significant to all humanity? Well, it's interesting, uh, Pastor Gary, when you, when you look at the history of Christmas, where we're at at the moment, um, you know, like St. Nicholas was the, was a bishop who actually lived in the fourth century. And this is a story between how, how far the Christmas came about. He lived in a place called Miria, which was in Asia Minor. It's now actually called Turkey. He was a very rich man because his parents died when he was quite young and left him lots of money. He was a very kind man and he had a huge reputation for helping the poor and giving secret gifts to people. Uh, the most famous story about St. Nicholas uh, was when there was a poor man who had three daughters and the man was so poor that he did not have enough money for a dowry. So um, what happened was um, uh, one night Nicholas secretly dropped a bag of gold down the chimney into the house and the bag fell into a stocking that had been hung by the fire to dry. And this was repeated later with a second daughter. Uh, finally, they determined how to discover this person who had given them the money and the father secretly hid by the fire every evening until he caught Nicholas dropping in a bag of gold. So Nicholas told the man to not tell anyone he had done it because he did not want to bring attention to himself. But soon the news got out and when anyone received a secret gift, it was thought that maybe it came from Nicholas, great Nick. So that's sort of how the story came about somebody who was mm. kind. Mm. And it's very interesting, Gary, when you look at the parallel between Jesus Christ and Santa, because there's so many things that line up. For instance, why does Santa sit on a throne? Because Jesus sits on a heavenly throne. Why the North Pole? Because it's the most high top of the whole world that God created. Why does Santa want to fill out greatly earthly desires? Because Jesus wants to give us eternity, but tells us to care less about earthly things. Why does Santa have a naughty and nice list? Because Jesus has a list too. It's called the Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Why the multitude of elven helpers? Because Jesus has a league of angels. Why does Santa come at night and sneak in? Because Jesus, to some people, will come as a thief in the night at his second coming. And why does Jesus ride on the clouds with his reindeer? Because Jesus will be riding the clouds on a white horse when he returns. Uh, you know, there's many, many uh, con- uh, things that are so similar. And it's almost as though th- it's almost designed that this will take the attention away from Jesus Christ, the real purpose of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, that's actually quite, quite troubling in many ways, isn't it? Because uh, what you're doing is you're secularizing uh, um, what is what could be a, a wonderful spiritual event? And what what happens when you think of it, Gary? And, and when we get serious about it, we look at it and we say, you know, how did I believe? Like I believed that there was a Santa Claus at one time early in life, you know. And I believe that because my parents told me they didn't want me to know the truth about he didn't exist and and that there were presents were from him. So what happens is, and how do we then teach them about? A Jesus Christ who they can't see either. Yeah. If we are wrong about Santa, uh, how are they going to believe about Jesus when it yeah. comes from the parents? You know, this is the conflict and the dilemma. This this is have. a real problem, isn't it? Mm. Because what you've got there is, uh, yeah, uh, that's certainly something that I think many people 
have never thought of uh, in the in the past. You know, I mean this this equating Jesus with with Santa. Mm. I mean. Is it a mistake for us to do that? Well, really, when you think about it, um, it, it, it really is bringing the children up on a misapprehension of, of what, who Santa is and, and if he actually exists. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I never thought about that until I actually studied this and I, th- I could see the lining up of, of how it's replacing. I mean, Jesus gives us the best gifts and he doesn't expect anything in return, whereas Santa rewards those and, and, and doesn't reward the others. But, you know, you can see the parallel where it goes through and talks about, um, who gives the gifts and who, who the world is actually following. Uh, you know, Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So mm. Jesus' birth was predestined. It was, uh, told in scripture. It was forecast that he would come, that there would be a Messiah that would come in this miraculous way, be born in the stable. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, the angels would uh, would declare that he was there and the wise men came. All the story here is a fitting attribute as to somebody who was going to come and save us, save the world, and would bring us the best gifts of all. Mm. And that's the thing, you know. And, and that's certainly the, uh, the Jesus uh, story. But what we've actually got here with the uh, with the Santa uh, story is something that is a, a, a counterfeit. That's right. And the thing is to overcome that, you know, like, for instance, we, we celebrate Christmas with our family, but we hone in on, um, on the aspect of, of Jesus. Everyone knows, the children know that the gifts that are given, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, it is from the family. And I think that's the thing that we can get so wrapped up in following what the world is following, because I would say that over three quarters of the people today in the world, um, just Celebrate Christmas and present Santa in in a way that uh, is attractive to the to the world, whereas whereas the real reason for Christmas is the birth of Jesus, a born in a stable, and, and that's the whole aspect of the greatest gift that was given to mankind, the Messiah, the coming Messiah, was born as a baby, you know. In other words, if in fact we're going to uh, celebrate the Christmas season, it's so important uh, to actually raise uh, the emphasis on the coming of Jesus Christ and what He has actually done for us, uh, and uh, depre- uh, and depreciate the uh, the emphasis on on Santa mm-hmm. and uh, and so much of the the secular uh, presentations. Well, what I like to uh, Gary is I like giving gifts. You know. I, I um, as I get older, receiving gifts it doesn't worry me. Giving gifts is a good thing. And I think that the greatest gift that we can give our children is teaching them about the love of Christ. And this, this is the greatest gift that God has given us to, to hand on to our children. That the only way that the children will have a good and, and leading life is that they understand who Jesus was, how he was born, his whole life story. Because by doing that, then they can relate to Jesus Christ. They can get to know him. And understand that there's nothing else in this world that will bring you happiness. No gift can give you happiness in this world. The things that we have are only temporary. For instance, Gary, if I was to say to you, look, here's the um, uh, listeners, I'm just handing Pastor Gary the keys to my house. And the keys to my car. So ah, thank you, Eric. Just, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Gary's yeah. taken it. Now, if I was to do that to Gary, Gary would think, you know, probably you would think, Gary, well, that was a nice gift. I'll take it. But probably not. You would probably think, what's the catch? Yeah. 
what's yeah, he after, yeah. you know? Uh, Jesus Christ gives us a gift that there is nothing we can do to buy it. There's nothing we can do to earn it. He gives it to us, not expecting anything back in return. Yeah. And that's the whole aspect of the beauty of, of the story of Jesus and his birth, is the fact that he didn't come as somebody already set up with power and with all his power there and uh, and rich and everything. He came at the lowest He came as a baby. And, and this is a wonderful story. I mean, the Christmas story is a fantastic story uh, to be uh, able to share at Christmas time. I mean, to be able to share with our families, to be able to share with our children that, hey, there is a, there is a spiritual um, meaning behind everything that's actually being presented. This is a time when uh, the church, yes, there's, uh, there's no uh, biblical evidence for the particular date, but there certainly is so much evidence for the coming of of Jesus Christ as a baby. And to me, that is something that is actually really, really exciting because uh, so many uh, people, uh, people today present a Santa. But of course, Santa is presented as a mythical character. Mm. Uh, and, and children come to understand that he's a mythical character. That's so important. I, I would suggest that we actually present to our children, to our families, the fact that Jesus is no mythical person, but rather he was, uh, Jesus, God Himself, sent by the Father, sent the Son in order to do something significant for this particular world. We are not talking about myth, and to me, this is where I, I, I just suggest that hey, it's it's just so important uh, at the present time to be presenting uh, the real story. Uh, at a time when people have come to understand Christmas is largely myth. Well, that's what I like about Christmas, Pastor Gary, is that we can present that story now. Yeah, yeah. And and the whole thing is that the world is searching for answers with all that's going on, with all the worries and, and the, the restricting of, even of families not being able to get together at Christmas time. They're looking for answers in the world today, and they're looking to the politicians. They're mm. looking to uh, media sources. They're looking everywhere around the world. But unless you know Jesus Christ, you won't listen to him. You won't understand that he is the one that has brought salvation to the world. Mm. He came to save us. He said, I come to save, not to condemn. And mm. that was for everybody. So the thing is, um, is the world, the world is lining itself up. You can actually see it splitting now between the have and have nots. And what's happening is when that, when that happens, people will choose and understand that to let Jesus into their life, or they will continue to follow the ways of the world and think that money, power, uh, politics, these are the things that we need today. It's not. It is the one who came and came into that manger. I mean, you look at the whole event of his birth. So miraculous was it. Mm. And some people find it very hard to understand that, look, he was, you're going to talk about it tomorrow night, I think, about how he could be born of a virgin, mm. virgin, you know, and all that, which you'll go in tomorrow night. But such a miraculous understanding of that birth should be taught in any home. I believe today, as you do, Gary, there's many in, in the homes that don't know that story. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that's the problem. And that is, in fact, the real challenge because mm. uh, so much myth has actually come uh, to surround this time of the year when, in fact, what we have is a prime opportunity as Christian people uh, to be able to present something that is not myth to our community. And you look and see 
outside of Christmas and, and you know, our, our witnessing through the year, when is another opportunity? Like, you look at the schools now, You in quite a few schools you can't have scripture. You, you can have a, a somebody uh, in the chapel talking there, but they're not allowed to go too deeply into Christian subjects, otherwise you get pulled back on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just been taken out of where children get to learn. So where do they learn it from? They learn it from the home. Yeah. In a Christian home, or they actually can listen to carols and, and get a, um, a Christmas, Christian messages at Christmas time and at other times where they actually hear the story of the birth of yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Because if the scriptures aren't being opened in many, many homes, they're not going to know of Jesus Christ mm. and they won't have their eyes open to it. But you know, Jesus came, his main mission was to bring to the world a saviour. And uh, it says here, uh, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given to mankind by, by which we must be saved. So it's only through Jesus Christ, not through any other name, that somebody can find salvation. Yeah, and that's so yeah, important. Yeah, and, and and that picture is a picture that needs to be painted more and more regularly. You know, one of the things I really appreciate is when I can go out to Carol's programs, and every now and then I'll actually find a Carol's program. Generally, it's a small one that's put on by maybe a Christian organisation, one of one of the ch- Christian churches, and that uh, the larger uh, Carol's programs uh, misses this totally. But they will have an emphasis on the story of Chris, of of Christmas they will have an emphasis on the birth of Jesus Christ they will have an emphasis on the the carols and what it is that the carols are saying to me i really appreciate and, and i would actually encourage more and more of our of our churches to do a small carol events where the message of christmas can be presented to the community because one of the things I, i've really noticed is that children Children particularly uh, really respond to music that's easy to sing. And so many of the carols are actually incredibly easy uh, to sing. Uh, I, I'd love to encourage our churches to say, hey, you know, have your little carols program. It's so well, important. At Birdwood Pastor Gary, every year we go up to Lobethal. Yeah. And they have the nativity scene presented there every night by different churches. And yeah. we usually get a Tuesday night or something. And you'd go up there and we were in the little choir. Now we can't sing too well, but we get up there and make a joyful noise yeah. and we sing the carols. And during that time, the audience sits there, uh, in front of the stable. They have a stable and they have a real donkey up there. If people haven't been up there, go up there and, and watch this. That's in the Adelaide Hills, isn't it? Yes. And Lobo thought, hopefully it's on this year with the COVID. I haven't heard anything yet, but. They have real animals there, and they have children dressed up. They have a little baby, and what what gets me is that everybody sees the story, whether yeah. you believe or not. Yeah. And the other thing too is that the children who dress up uh, to be a, an angel or a shepherd or whatever it is, they don't forget that. They and don't, it, and it becomes part of their life. It becomes part of, part of their treasured history as well. That's Look, right. folks, let's come to some music. This is Gavin Coyle. Oh, holy night! Uh, love uh, Gavin's uh, rendition of this this particular hymn. are brightly shining It is the night of the dear Savior's birth Long lay the world 
soul felt its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, ye
you trust the Bible? How could a loving God create a devil? How can a man called Jesus save me? And from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And folks, that's a wonderful uh, little magazine. You'd really come to appreciate it. That's the Hidden Truth magazine. Now, look, uh, because of the time of the year that it, that it is, can I encourage you to please uh, go on to the, uh, to the website and, uh, and just uh, simply uh, tick, the, tick the box there and we'll send that, uh, send that to you. Unfortunately, at the present time, uh, we, we don't have uh, people uh, manning the uh, – um, the response, uh, the usual response system. So, uh, if you can possibly, uh, go directly to, uh, to the website, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today, our co-host is Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church, and this week we look at the importance of placing Christ in the Christmas season. Yesterday, we looked at some of the amazing promises that pointed to the coming of the Messiah. Today, we want to look at why the birth of Christ was just so significant to all humanity. Eric, our time is starting to run away from us here. How would you like to just just pull it together for us? Well, Pastor Gary, you know, when we talk about children at Christmas time, Jesus loved children. And uh, in Mark ten fourteen, when the disciples were trying to stop the children coming to him, Jesus wrote, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So it's telling us here that Jesus loves everybody, loves the little children. And what we've got to do in our homes, I believe, and throughout our lives is to Bring everybody to Christ, and the children are so important to Jesus. Do they believe in Santa or not is immaterial. The thing is that it's Jesus that they need to believe in. And the only way they're going to hear that is in the home and also, you know, at when we can share it with them. So we need to promote Jesus in, in such a way that the, the world today does not accept Jesus because they don't know him. It's not being taught about. So this is a great opportunity to share the love of Jesus to others. In other words, Christmas we need to words. take advantage of this particular time of the year to be able to present Jesus to people that otherwise wouldn't have thought about Jesus Christianity or religion at all. I mean, Eric, just let me ask you one question, though. How can a parent, I mean, how did you do it? How do you place the spiritual aspect into Christmas? How can parents best do that? Well, what we did, uh, Pastor Gary, was we brought up um, Christian material for children, stories that they understood. There's a story, um, set of books called The Bible Story, which is actually the uh, the whole Bible put in a format where children can, can actually understand the, yeah. read the Bible better. Yeah. So we brought these things into our home, and we made it a practice, too, of uh, having family worship in our homes. But at Christmas time, too, uh, that they understand the real meaning, that the gifts are not the most important thing. And for children, that's hard to, because they're all excited about it, and they do get a gift, and they yeah. love that. But yeah. they also understand there's a reason behind the season. There's a reason that we, the world calls it, you know, that it's a time when we do celebrate a birth of a saviour. 
And that's yeah. what we're talking yeah. about yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, Christ said, didn't he, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. So this is Christ's only Son that has come to the earth to save mankind. Yeah, and, and look, one of the things I, I suppose I'm really conscious of is that I was talking to a fellow just a, just a, a week or two back, and uh, uh, he was... Uh, uh, he was packing up. In fact, a week or two back, it was actually back at back at Easter time, and uh, he was packing his family up, and they were going off to church. And I actually got talking to him, and uh, I said, "You don't normally go to church." He said, "No, no, no, no." But uh, at Christmas and Easter, two times of the year, when he feels it's important to take his family, and they will actually go along at uh, uh, midnight. And, uh, the midnight, um, celebration, uh, that takes place, uh, he feels it's important for them to actually do that. Significantly, you know, even, you know, Anzac Day, he feels it's important, uh, to take your children down to the, to the dawn service because it's saying something. He hasn't lost at this particular point in time the, uh, the significance of these memory events. And, you know, I'm so conscious that we're living in a such a secular world at the present time for Christians to take the opportunity to be able to say, hey, this is the real meaning. It's just so important. That's right. We've got a lady that's uh, been coming along to um, to our Bible study, an Aboriginal lady, for maybe mm, two years now. And it's interesting. She she was into the drink. She was almost an alcoholic, and she's given that up now. She's been she's been sober for around about nine months, and she says now now she's been talked to her by a friend saying, "Why do you go to church? You know, why do you believe in this Jesus Christ? You know," yeah. and her whole focus. When I see it on Facebook and when she writes uh, and puts things out, she, she gives the credit to Jesus Christ. She talks about God being and leading her in her life. Yeah. And at Christmas time now, it has a different meaning to her. She yeah. sees it differently than she saw before when yeah. it was just a materialistic thing of just giving gifts out and eating food. No, this is to actually celebrate the birth of somebody that she loves. Yeah. And that's a yeah. great divide. That, that's a movement that, that has to happen that that mm. division between that which is real yes. which is what the evidence points to mm. with the coming of Jesus Christ mm. as opposed to that which is nothing but myth mm. and Santa Claus yep. is actually so so it's a huge divide there and to me you know I want to be able to point out to people that hey uh, you know Santa Claus yes he's myth but Jesus Christ this is the opportunity for me to be able to say hey this is not myth and this is something so incredibly real the evidence is actually there and you know my friends uh, tomorrow we're actually going to be getting into the uh, evidence uh, that is actually there and to me this is actually we're going to be talking to Pastor David Butcher and uh, he's a real specialist in this field and uh, this is something that uh, we do want to talk about because uh, that is this is this is this is the dividing line mm. evidence is the dividing line between uh, the uh, the real and the myth, mm. and uh, I, I just want to present Jesus mm. as uh, as mm. the real saviour uh, for all of all of humanity. Mm. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, Eric. But look, I'm really conscious that our time is starting to get away from us. Look, I'm just wondering, how would you like to pray uh, for our listeners uh, sure. this Christmas season? Yeah. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another day of life. 
We thank you that the Messiah came as a babe, came to this world, uh, sent by his father, his only son, uh, to be a saviour to us, to show us how to live and to be kind to people. But not only that, he he taught us the great aspect of mercy and grace. And today, Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. And at this Christmas time, Lord, we pray that all those that are listening, Lord, will celebrate Christmas in the way that uh, that Jesus would want us to, and that is to remember his birth. And we pray for those, Lord, who do not know the real meaning of Christmas, who are caught up in the materialistic things of today, who are running up great debts in their credit cards and things are happening, Lord, where they get caught up in all this, and then the day's over and they have to face reality. That's not what Jesus came here for. This is not what Christmas is for. Christmas came to bring us peace and happiness and the pure things of life. So thank you, Jesus, for your birth. May each one of us celebrate it, and thank you for all the families we pray. Uh, this station here, that each family will enjoy the Christmas with their loved ones and will have a wonderful time together, a uh, time of memories. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Eric. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor David Butcher joins with me and we're going to be chatting on uh, is a virgin birth, is it even possible? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.